Where do you go to find advice? The internet? TV? Coworkers? Friends? Family? These are all pretty common places to look for help. We all have those situations in our life that push us to do a quick Google search. Whether it's dealing with a burnt steak, a leaking water heater, or a car that isn't sounding so great, we could all use a little help. But for those situations that return about zero results from Google, or those situations that the fortune cookie just didn't predict, where do we go then? Those situations require more than knowledge. They require wisdom. It might be common sense to take a burning steak off the grill, but for other situations, you might need some uncommon sense. Well, have you ever been there before where you needed a little information and you needed it now? Maybe it looked like this for you. You were gathering your kids around, your grandkids, or you were babysitting, and you decided that, you know, you were going to do a little bit of baking. And so you gathered around the island or, or the kitchen countertops, and you started to gather all your ingredients together, and you start mixing in a bowl. And then as you follow the recipe, you realize that it called for eggs, and you don't have any eggs. And so you need a substitute for eggs immediately. You needed information. Or maybe it looked like this for you. You were in your garage working on your car, changing the brakes or you're changing the oil, and all of a sudden you come to a snag, a problem that's not normally there. You don't know how to fix it, and you need information now. I think we've all had moments like that in our life where we needed immediate information, something to tell us how to do something. But maybe for you this morning, it's bigger than that. Maybe instead of information, you need wisdom. Because you're making some pretty significant decisions in your life. Decisions for your future of like, hey, where do I go to college? Or should I take that job? Or should I stay in my current company? Should, should I, how do I parent my, my children? How do I know if I should marry him or not? And we, all throughout life, we make some pretty big decisions where oftentimes we need wisdom. And my question for you this morning is, one, what is wisdom? I mean, truly, what, what, what is the definition? What is true wisdom? And secondly, where do you go when you need it? If you got your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1 is where we're going to be. I'd encourage you to grab your Bible, turn there. If you don't have one, grab the one that we provide. It's going to be on page 510. We'll follow along as we dig into the book of Proverbs a little bit this morning. And as you're turning there, I want to welcome you to Northridge Church. Thanks for uh, taking a slice of your weekend and, and just gathering with us as the church to worship God, whether you're at one of our campuses or you're watching online or you're a guest just kind of checking us out. Thanks for being here and we're honored to have you. And we're, we're starting a brand new series this morning called Uncommon Sense. And in this series, over the course of four weeks, we're going to kind of take a glance at the book of Proverbs, a book that offers us wisdom. And, and I want to give you a roadmap for the next four weeks where we're going to be going as a church. This morning, we're going to start by looking at Proverbs, by understanding where wisdom comes from, the source of wisdom, and what true wisdom is. And out of this week, we're going to lead into weeks two through three, where we take that wisdom, that source of wisdom, and we apply it in maybe some of the areas, the popular areas in all of our lives where we need wisdom. 
Week one, we're going to talk about sex and sexuality. Week two, we're going to talk about parenting. And week three, we're going to talk about money. Areas in our life where we probably need a good heavy dose of wisdom. And so I'd encourage you to come back, stay with us all throughout this series as we glance at the book of Proverbs. Now, let's get a little background information on this book. It's a pretty lengthy book. There's a lot of wisdom in here. But the, the book of Proverbs is just filled of, of that, Proverbs. But what is that? What is a proverb? Well, it's just a short, clever saying that offers us wisdom. As you begin to read the book of Proverbs, you will find that there are a, a, it is chock full of these short, clever sayings that are very wise and help us live out. The book is designed to help us live, develop skills to live in the world that God created. Proverbs are all about helping us learn skills as we walk through circumstances and situations in life to live in the world God created us. Now, as we engage with this book, there's something that you have to know, because it can get really confusing if you don't know this truth about these Proverbs. We have to understand this book that Proverbs are principles, not promises. A huge distinction that we have to know when we read this book is these are not the promises of God. And so when you read certain principles in this book, you don't bank on them for 100% positivity. There's not a money back guarantee that it always works because they're principles. They're not promises of God. And so as we talk about wisdom today, you think of our culture, how we define wisdom. When you think of a wise person, you often think of someone who knows a lot of information. When you seek out for wisdom, you try to find someone who's experienced, who's been there, who's done that, and who knows a lot. But when the Bible talks about wisdom, and when the Bible defines wisdom, in the Old Testament, it's written in Hebrew, and the word for wisdom is chukmah. And what's interesting about this word is it's this beautiful blend of two things. The Bible says that wisdom is a blend of information. You have to have the information to become wise, but then there's this blend of information plus application. It's one thing to know the information. It's a whole nother ball game to be able to apply that information to the circumstances or the situation you're in. And here's what we have to be reminded of wisdom is wisdom is a skill and it's very situational. Wisdom is a skill that we learn over time by we un as we uncover God's word and his truths, we gather that information and we apply wisdom to the situations and the circumstances that we're in. And here's why that's important. Let me give you an example. Because as you read the book of Proverbs, you will find that oftentimes it seems to contradict itself. When it comes to situational living, let me give you an example of this. In Proverbs 26, it talks about dealing with a fool. When in life, how do I deal with the fool? And look what Proverbs says. It says this, do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you will also be like him. Okay, that's pretty simple. I deal with the fool. I just don't talk to him. I just don't answer him. But look at the next verse. It says, answer a fool at his folly deserves, that he will not be wise in his own eyes. Wait a second. Am I supposed to answer the fool or not answer the fool? Like that, you know, they almost seem to like, hey, don't do this and then do this. And that's where wisdom comes in. Because wisdom is a skill, knowing the situation that you're in, knowing and dealing with the person that you're dealing with, learning through wisdom to apply it in the certain situation or circumstances that you're in. And that's throughout this series is what we're going to uncover. Because many times you might have asked for advice on a certain topic, and a person might have responded simply by saying, well, it kind of depends. And honestly, you hate that answer, 
but it's the answer of a wise person because a wise person through wisdom says, well, it depends on the situation and the circumstances. And so let's dig into Proverbs. Proverbs chapter one, verse one, it reads this. It says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And here we're introduced to the author of the majority of the Proverbs that we're going to read and the book of Proverbs. His name is King Solomon. He is the son of the most famous king probably in in Israel's history, King David. And something you have to know about Solomon as you begin to read some of his writings is he was one of the wisest men to ever walk the face of the earth, probably the wisest man to ever live other than Jesus. And the reason why we can say that is because what happened to him in his life. In 2 Chronicles, Jesus comes to him and says this, that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give to you. That sounds pretty awesome, doesn't it? Like God comes to Solomon and he says, hey, you name it, it's yours. Like, I have dreams about that moment in my life. And I wonder what I would have answered. I wonder what you would answer if God came to you and said, hey, whatever you want, it's yours. This is how Solomon answered, verse 10. It says, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people for who is able to govern the great people of yours. So Solomon simply says to God, God, give me all the wisdom and knowledge you can give. And scholars believe that the book of Proverbs, although every one is not written by Solomon, the scholars believe that he influenced every single one of them. The scholars say that Solomon was the type of king who had this ginormous library full of scrolls on every different topic of wisdom that he wrote down. Wisdom on planting flowers, wisdom on the star and the moon and the galaxies and how the word works. This is the type of guy and how wise he was. And as he begins this book of Proverbs... He gives us insight to where wisdom comes from. He gives us insight to the source of wisdom. And he starts in chapter one, verse seven. He says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And here at the very beginning of the book, Solomon says, if you want to know wisdom, you have to understand this. The beginning, the source of wisdom comes from the fear of God. And this wasn't going to be the, first, uh, the last time he said it. This is kind of a trend throughout the entire book. Look at Proverbs chapter 9. It says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Later on, Proverbs 15, Wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility comes before honor. And so Solomon says, hey, just understand this. As we begin to look at a book full of wisdom, If you truly want to know wisdom and you truly want to understand it and be wise, get this. Your view of God is your most important view. Your view of God, Solomon says, the way you understand God, the way you, your perspective of God, your understanding of who he is, is ultimately what is truly going to make you wise in this world. It was truly going to make you wise in life. Let me put it to you a little more simply. Solomon just simply says this, knowing God is knowing wisdom. Having a a proper understanding of who God is, what he's accomplished for you, is, is really wisdom. It's foundational to wisdom. Because wisdom comes from God. It's just a matter of tracing it back to him. And I know for, for some of us today, we might push back on that statement. Knowing God is knowing wisdom. Because we, we've been in, in school before and we've looked at our history books and we've, we've noticed that there are a lot of smart individuals, wise individuals who uncover a lot of wise things that really proclaim to have nothing to do with God. How is that possible? 
And what I would say to you, if, if you believe that, if you understand that, is all those people did is uncover what God already created. They just understood the wisdom that God put in place when he created the world. And because every piece of wisdom that we encounter in life, guess where it traces back to? To God. Traces back to him. And so if we want to be wise today, I mean, here we are this morning, we're, we're, we're sitting and, and we're, we're uncovering God's truths. And really the question that we have to ask ourselves is maybe in life right now, you're searching for wisdom or maybe in your future, wisdom is something we regularly need. And if, if Solomon says the fear of the Lord is, is the source of wisdom, the question that every single one of us should be asking is simply this, what the heck is the fear of the Lord? Like if, if that's the source, that's the well of wisdom, what is that? And for the majority of our time, I just want to break down that statement and what it is and what it encompasses. How do I live in a state where I fear the Lord? And, and I think it begins, I think the fear of the Lord begins with just a simple word of, of being scared. Being scared. It's that normal definition of the fear of the Lord. It's I live with this healthy dose of fear of who God is. Do you understand that, that God is capable of doing anything he wants, when he wants, however he wants? And if that doesn't scare you a little bit, it probably should. The truth is, is God is, is, is so powerful beyond our, even our imaginations. And he's the judge. He's perfect. He's flawless. And we're all sinful. And he's going to be our judge. And one day we're going to stand before him as he judges us. And I don't know about you, but that terrifies me. That scares me. I mean, Hebrews kind of gives us insight into this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 31, it says this. It's a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of a living God because he's powerful, he's mighty. And as Christians, we should live in the fear of the Lord, which is just this little dose of being afraid. Let me put it to you like this. Growing up, I had two older brothers. My oldest brother, Barry, he, when he was younger, he, he had this temper. He, he was known for having a little bit of a temper. And one day I was about 10 years old. I think Barry was around 16. And one day we were sitting around our living room and my mom made a decision that Barry didn't like. And so my mom and Barry began to kind of, you know, banter back and forth. And Barry started getting even madder and madder and madder. He started talking a little bit uh, mean to my mom. And there's kind of one thing you knew in our house we, we knew when, when dad wasn't home, mom was kind of a pushover, and so you could press her long enough to get really what you wanted, but when dad was home, you just didn't mess with mom. And I think Barry forgot on this day that dad was home. And so he's talking to mom in, in an inappropriate way. He's starting to yell at her, and then we all heard the sound you never want to hear, dad's footsteps coming from upstairs. Boom. Boom. And my dad slowly walked up to Barry. He slowly pushed him into a wall and he said, son, you will never talk to my wife that way again. And as a 10-year-old boy, I was like, note to self, never talk to mommy that way. And it put this healthy respect and fear of my dad in my life. And I never treated, well, never, so, uh, sorry, mom, it's probably not true. But it put this fear in my life. And I'm telling you, as Christians, knowing who God is and how powerful he is, that should put a little bit of fear in our boots. And that's where the fear of the Lord begins. It leads us to, to, to be a little bit scared, but then it leads us to a place where we live out and we, where the fear of the Lord is reverent. 
It's, it's, we live in this reverence out of that fear where we understand the position God carries. We understand that he is creator, he is sustainer, he is our provider. And out of the position that God carries, we put our best foot forward. We get our act together because of who God is and the position that he holds. It's really not about a person anymore, it's about a position. And you think about our culture and our community, there are certain positions in America today that we just give reverence to based off not the person, but the position. You think of a judge in a courtroom. When a judge walks into the room, everybody rises in reverence to the judge. You think about the, the president you think of when they come to town, a city puts all the best things. They get a, a motorcade because of the position this person holds. And for us, out of our fear, it leaves us to live in reverence where this is God Almighty. This is the creator of the universe. This is the most powerful being we will ever know. And out of that position that he holds, we live and we're going we're gonna to get things together. We're going we're gonna to look our best because it's God. So the fear of the Lord starts with being afraid, being scared. It leaves us to reverence. And then ultimately it leads us to the third word, which is to be obedient, to follow what he actually says. Because we understand out of our fear for God and out of our reverence for God, we understand that God is the boss, whether we like it or not. God is sovereign and he's in control and Everything that I walk through in life, every circumstance that I deal with, every situation that I face, God's in control of it. He's the mastermind behind it all. He's in control. And when I understand that and truly grasp that, it leads me to a place where I might as well be obedient to him. I might as well follow what his word says and, and, and live in this state where, you know what, I, God, I don't like this. I wish you said something different, but because you said it, I'm going to follow it. I'm going to obey it, and I'm going to live out of the fear of the Lord. And out of that obedience leads us to the last word, where we live in this posture of worship, where we are just in awe of God where we're in awe of God. We're just so impressed at his holiness and his power and his majesty that all we can do is be dumbfounded and, and, and flabbergasted with who God is. In awe of him. Can I ask you something? When's the last time you were just in awe of God? in awe of what he's done in your life, in awe of the things that he created, in awe, in, in amazement of God, where you just step back and you're like, only God could do that. Only God could create that. Wow, God. And when's the last time you experienced that? Isaiah did when he had this interaction with God. He says this when he stands before God. He says, woe to me, I cried. For I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. I live among the people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. And the truth is, as you stand face to face to God, you're going to be in awe. You're going to be amazed at who he is. And one way that I have just learned in my life to be in awe of God is just to open my eyes and see all the things that he's created. I think one easy practical step to, to live in the fear of the Lord in this, in this definition of awe is just to look at all the beauty around us. I mean, one thing I love to do on vacation is sit at a beach or at a lake or in the woods and just take in the, the splendor and the majesty of God's creation and just be enamored and impressed and flabbergasted with how awesome God is. 
mean, the Bible speaks a lot about creation, and it talks about how we, through creation, get to see God's invisible qualities, his divine nature. Romans says it. It says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Maybe one way today, this week, you just walk outside and you look at the birds and you look at the trees and you look at the grass and you just look at the sky, the sunset, the sunrise, and you just sit down and you're just like, wow, God, you're good. You really are. And just be in amazement of, of God's creation. This happened to me like two weeks ago. My dad called me on the phone and uh, he just recently, uh, he bought a, a piece of property right next to uh, his land. It was adjacent to his land. And he bought it from a good friend of ours who was a master woodworker. And I love to work with wood. Uh, something I do as a hobby is I love to build some things for my wife for projects and things like that. And so my dad calls me and he says, hey, I bought this land and, and there's piles of wood kind of everywhere covered that have been sitting out for years. And so I came up to, to, to my dad's property and I started looking at this wood and my dad kept encouraging me like, hey, trust me, I know the wood doesn't look good right now. It was dirty, it was disgusting, covered with like ants and, and just dirt, it was disgusting. But he's like, trust me, this is amazing wood. You need to take it. And so I filled up a U-Haul and a trailer full of wood and I took it back to my shed at home. And over the last couple of weeks, I've been taking board by board and running it through my planer in my shed. And I'm telling you, I, I, I've been just amazed at the colors and the grains and the knots and the designs of this wood. That all I could do is, is just sit there and look at these plain pieces of wood and be like, man, God, you are so amazing. You're so awesome. Like only you, God, could do that. And I'm telling you today, every single Christian should wake up every single day with that attitude when we realize what Jesus did for us. When we realize that we are sinners, undeserving of anything but hell, but yet God stepped in, did nothing wrong, and died and suffered for us so that we could spend eternity with him. And if you're not in awe of that, I don't know what will make you in awe. We should wake up every day being like, wow, I can't believe God would love me like that. That he would give up his one and only son. You see, the gospel should lead us to a place of worship to fear the Lord where we sit back and we're just in awe of God. Because the fear of the Lord starts with this fear of God as our judge, but it leads us to reverence of who he is and the position he carries. It leads us to obey him and follow him. And then ultimately throughout our lives, just walk through life being like, wow, God, I'm so grateful for what you did for me. I'm so grateful that I get to be a part of your family. I'm so grateful for all the beauty that you created. And we just walk through life in awe. John Piper sums it up best. He says this, fearing God means that God in your mind and heart is so powerful and so holy and so awesome that you would not dare run away from him, but only run to him. I love what he says because it kind of gives us an indication in our own heart, a measurement if we truly do fear God. Piper says, hey, when you truly are wise today, you understand the fear of the Lord and that fear of who God is will only draw you closer to God. It will never lead you to a place where you run from God. And I wonder today how many of us are actually drawing closer to God today rather than running from him. 
And it might stem from this truth that Solomon says, wisdom starts with the fear of the Lord. It starts with fearing God. That's the well of wisdom that we should pull out of. And he shows us exactly what it does in our lives. Verses two through six, he says, the fear of the Lord is good for gaining wisdom and instruction for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to those to the, to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Who doesn't want that in their life? Who doesn't want to have, to be able to gain wisdom and instruction? Who doesn't want to have understanding of words of insight to do what is right, just, and fair, to knowledge and discretion for the young? I mean, these are all things that we're looking for. And Solomon says, hey, here's how you get it. It starts with the fear of the Lord. What I love about the book of Proverbs is honestly, it really doesn't matter today whether you believe in God or not. This book will help your life. Because it stems from God created the world and he knows how it best works and he knows how best to live in it. And he gives us insight. He gives us principles on how to live that. And so whether you're a Christian today or not, this book can change your life, whether you believe in it or not. And maybe some of us today are searching for wisdom. You know, you're right now in your life, you need wisdom and you've been waiting and you've been searching for it and right here it is. So the question is, how do we get going? How do we step into the fear of the Lord? How do, we, how do we understand wisdom? Because in our culture today, wisdom often looks like gray hair and experience and people who have walked there, been there, done that. And that's true. I mean, there are people who've, who've walked through life's experiences and they've gained wisdom, but God says wisdom doesn't just have to come from there. God says, I've given you the cheat codes on how to cheat on life by based on the book of Proverbs. And maybe we should dig into it. And so maybe as we start this series on wisdom, gaining wisdom in practical ways in our life, maybe we should ask three simple questions as we begin. Maybe the first question we ask is, am I starting in the right place? When I need wisdom in life, am I starting in the right place? What is the right place? Well, it's the fear of the Lord. Solomon just explained it to us. I just walked through it. And maybe you you ask, well, how do I know if I'm fearing God? How do I know if I'm living that out? And I would just ask you this week to just look through those four words and ask yourself, where am I weak? Where am I weak when it comes to fearing God? Is Do I not have a healthy dose of fear towards God? Am I being obedient to God? Am I living in reverence to God? Am I in awe of God? Where are you weak today? And maybe while our community groups are are taking a break right now, you just gather together with your community group and you ask those questions like, hey, help me understand, help me uncover where I'm weak today. But are you starting in the right place? Second question I think we have to ask is, have you done your homework? Have I done my homework? I know that's the last word some of our teenagers want to hear is homework. They're like, school's almost out. The last thing I want is homework. Or for those of you who've graduated college and high school, you're like, "Ah, I'm, I'm done with homework. But when it comes to wisdom, here's, here's one of the greatest frustrations I have in my life and many Christians' lives, is when we need wisdom, wisdom in our marriage, wisdom in our business, wisdom with dealing with people, wisdom in, in raising our kids, wisdom in how to date, you know what our first reaction is in most cases? It's to go on Amazon and, and buy a book, or it's go to go on the internet and, and find a blog or a podcast that we can listen to to gain wisdom. And I'm not knocking that at all. Those are amazing things to do. 
But my fear today is that many Christians, that's our natural and first reaction. When we need wisdom, we go somewhere else. But I believe today as a Christian, my first reaction when I need wisdom is I'm gonna chew on the pages of God's word. I'm gonna seek God in the holy revelation, the perfect, flawless word of God first. And out of seeking his word, it's gonna lead me to additional content. It's gonna lead me to books and podcasts. That way when I hear the information they give me, I can balance it off the true living word of God. And my challenge for us today is when we need wisdom, let's start with God's word. Let's start by asking, what does God say? And out of that, go to additional materials, to blogs, to podcasts. And we want to help you in that journey. You know, as we take a glance at the book of Proverbs, one thing we want to do as a church is we want to read some of the Proverbs together. And so we're issuing this Proverbs reading plan. It's 20 days through the life of this series. And, I, you know, here's the reality is I just expect Christians to be in God's word every single day. It's just, it's just what I think we should be doing as Christians is we should be chewing and reading God's word every single day. And so maybe for some of you, this is just an ad. This is going to help you grow even closer to God, become a better disciple. But for some of you, hey, maybe you're struggling to read your devotions every day. Maybe this is the jump start that you need to get into God's word. It's 20 days, Monday to Friday. It's going to start tomorrow. And if you want to be a part of it, 20 days, we're going to offer a devotional, some proverbs, some proverbs to read, and some additional content to read to dig a little bit deeper. And if you want to be a part of that, on your connection card, right at the bottom, there's a checkbox that says Proverbs Reading Plan. You just check that box, you sign up for it, we will send you the plan, and as a church, we'll walk through it together, gaining wisdom from God. So first question, am I starting in the right place? Second question, have I done my homework? And then third, have I asked for his help? Have I asked God simply for his help? You know, I, I believe this today. In, in a church over four campuses and people watching online, I believe right now there are people who need wisdom from God. You know what? Maybe right now you're making some pretty significant decisions in your life. You're trying to understand how you should raise your kids, how you should you know, teach your kids. Maybe you're trying to understand how to be a good grandparent. Maybe today you're trying to deal with employees that are just difficult. Maybe today you're, you're making decisions for your future. This job or that job, maybe it's what career path to go down. Should I go back to school or should I not? Maybe it's with your finances today. Should I buy this or should I hold off? It seems too expensive. How much is too much? And in life, it's, it's a regular thing for us to need wisdom. And what I love about the Bible is it's just so practical and so good. Look what James says. In James chapter one, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom. The bad news for all of us today is that's all of us. I don't care who you are and how smart you think you are, there's gonna come a day where you don't know the answers and you're gonna need wisdom. And here's what the Bible says to do. If any of you lacks wisdom, what should you do? You should ask God. You should ask God. It's so simple, but sometimes it's so hard. I'll just be honest. For me to ask for help, is, it, it takes a lot for me to do that. Because one, I don't like to inconvenience others, let alone God. Like God's busy enough to deal with everybody else's problems, hey, maybe I can help him out and not give him mine. And honestly, I'm just sometimes too proud to ask for help. 
I'm, I'm not humble enough because I think like I should be able to handle my mess. I should be able to handle my problems. Like, hey, sometimes everybody looks to me for their problems. Like I should be able to get my life together, right? And to ask for help is hard. It's so simple, but yet it's hard to do. But yet the Bible says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. And so I wonder today, how many of you lack wisdom right now in your life? Wisdom in your business. Maybe today it's your marriage. It's just like, man, God, it's falling apart and I don't know what to do. Would you give me wisdom? God, today I'm walking through a hard mess with my parents and my in-laws. I don't know how to deal with them. Would you give me help, God? Maybe today it's with your finances. Like, God, I'm having a spending problem or I don't know how much is too much. God, give me insight and give me wisdom. I mean, the Bible is so practical. It says, hey, when you're in trouble, when you need some insight, when you need wisdom, all you gotta do, it's really simple. God, I need you. I need your wisdom, God. And this is what it says. It says this, who gives generously to all without finding fault. And I love this phrase, and it will be given to you. I'm so glad that in the moments where I don't know the answers, God provides for me. That he gives generously and wisdom and he doesn't give it, you ever someone give you wisdom and they make you feel stupid about it? Wow, you don't know that? Let me tell you. Cool, well let me punch you in the face. God doesn't do that. It says without finding fault. God's not like, hey, you should know this. I've told you this over and over again. Come on, Drew. No, he says, hey, I'm just glad you asked for help. And in my life, I have totally seen this verse over and over again come alive. Where I would drop my pride and I would become humble enough to say, God, I can't do this. I need you. And God in the most unique ways has provided wisdom. It usually never comes the way I want it to. It usually is never the thing I'm thinking of. And it's always better. Better for me and better for those people. And so today I would ask you, where do you need wisdom in your life? And would you just be willing to ask God for help? You know, our bands are, are going to sing a song. They're gonna come up and they're gonna sing a song. And as they sing this song, I would just challenge you in this moment to just remain seated and, and have a moment with God. A moment with God where you just say, God, I wanna be wise. I wanna be a wise husband or, 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 or mother. God, I wanna be a, a wise student. God, I wanna be a wise business leader. God, I wanna, be, I wanna be wise today. Help me understand what that is. And God, when I need help, maybe you need help today, would you just ask him for it? God, help me to be a good parent, grandparent. Help me to be a good leader. God, today I need your wisdom. And may I not be too proud to ask for your help. And so our bands are gonna sing a song. And would you just ask God for wisdom this morning in any situation that you're dealing with? So you do that as our bands sing this song.